Welcome back to Library Land Loves, a podcast from the Ontario Library Association. I'm your host, Michelle Arbuckle. Today, we're going to be talking about all the skills that you didn't learn in library school, but that are essential for successfully transitioning into a leadership role in libraries. Now, not everyone is necessarily interested in reaching the upper levels of library management, but I can tell you that if you have an interest, library land needs you. There have been a number of new CEO vacancies and hires in the past few years, and that doesn't seem to be slowing down. And if you're interested in, in leadership, I think it's important to be realistic about the fact that library school couldn't teach us everything we needed to know in order to be successful leaders. There are many library leaders who didn't go to library school at all, but regardless of when or what you studied, you're likely going to need to brush up on some skills and take some training that exposes you to big picture thinking and planning. So today, I'm actually thrilled no shade to my former guests, but I am wearing a dress and lipstick today because I'm very excited to bring four of my favorite library leaders, whom I would also consider friends, to the Library Land Loves table. So today I would like to welcome Lisa Weaver, Marcus Logan, Amanda Fullerton, and Jorge Cardenas to talk about their experiences with library leadership training. And specifically, we're going to discuss the Public Library Leaders Program run out of the Canadian Urban Libraries Council. Now, all five of us plus an additional about 17, we're actually part of the 2020 cohort, the fourth cohort to graduate from that program. So today we'll be talking about our experiences. So we'll be right back after a quick break with that conversation. All right, we're gonna go box by box in this little Zoom call and have everybody introduce themselves. Amanda, do you wanna start? Sure. My name's Amanda Fullerton, and I'm the Manager of Service Design with Halifax Public Libraries. Hi, everyone. I'm Marcus Logan. I'm the Manager of Community Development and Engagement for the Oakville Public Library. I am Jorge Cardenas. I am the Manager of Community Development for Burnaby Public Library in BC. My name's Lisa Rada Weaver. I'm the Director of Collections and Program Development at Hamilton Public Library. Fantastic. And so we're gathered today to talk about library leadership training. Um, now, before we kind of get into what um, the public library leadership program with Calc is, I'd like for us to just maybe go around and talk about what our experiences are in terms of um, this type of training and maybe why each of you were interested in uh, applying to a program like this. Amanda, do you want to start that? Sure. Um, so for me, I did this program about five years after graduating from library school. So pretty quickly after library school, I got a position as a community librarian and then moved into a management role, but knew that I needed a little bit more leadership training. I haven't taken any other leadership training. Um, so this was really, really useful to sort of um, see what the opportunities were for moving up into higher levels of leadership and also getting a better understanding of, of all those pieces that we didn't quite get to in library school, you know, things like governance and the relationships with the library boards. And, and I understand that you can't go into all that much detail in library school because you've got other students who are interested in records management or archives. Um, so it was nice to be in a leadership program that was targeted specifically for public library. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, Marcus? Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, I came to library uh, late in life, so I'm only four years into my library career. And so my path is a little bit different in that PLL was my library school, I guess. <laughs> um, so I'm not uh, a librarian, but um, my position doesn't uh, need a librarian degree. So it is community engagement and out in community 
Um, I was really interested in it uh, simply because it would have, it did give me a more round uh, perspective of the different aspects of librarianship and uh, the different departments that, uh, that I work with uh, in the community and, and bring into the library here. And so um, it was really interesting for me to um, actually be asked if I wanted to go and uh, I said yes right away. And uh, so it is, I, I feel like it's my library school. So now I feel like a librarian. I hope that we didn't make you feel like you had to be a librarian too. I mean, you weren't the only non-library person or librarian yeah. in that group, right? Yeah, no, we were, I was not the only one. And I think uh, that was really interesting to be in, a, in our group, in our cohort, mm -hmm. in that we have very different perspectives and very different learnings and opportunities to learn from each other uh, around my skills and, and library skills and uh, CEO skills. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. All right, Jorge. It's interesting that you mentioned in your introduction that not everyone wants to go into leadership roles, or at least that's not what we're thinking, right, when we get started on that. And that was my case. Having said that, I've taken some other leadership training, ones that are what I would call the basic entry-level ones that are usually offered by the municipalities. Um, and it's coaching mm -hmm. conversations and leadership and things, and they, they're for everyone, right? We Many of us have taken those ones. Mm -hmm. Then in 2016, I, I went to Nelly, then, um, what stands for? Oh my God, now I'm blanking out. The Northern Exposure to Leadership Institute. Mm -hmm. in, uh, that at the time it was in Jasper. And it, it's a week long one. It's very intense. You are working from seven until having conversations at midnight over a beer, like from the very mm -hmm. formal to the very informal conversations about that. And then this one, uh, but in every case, it's always, it was always a case of like, you should do this as opposed to I'm interested in doing this. Can I please go? So I, I don't want to say that I was reluctant. It was just that I, do I really want to do that? But at the end, my, the people who sent me were always trying to convince me. I think this is the path you should go, right? Mm -hmm. And I accepted. And and then I'm never. I never regret it. But every time the offer comes, it's like, ah, do I want to go through this? Do I do now. Mm -hmm. Now it's a little bit too late. I went through all of those ones, um, and I'm appreciative. And I, I mean, I said it when we exchange emails, and I keep saying it. The things we learn are great, right? There, there are things that we don't have time for in library school, or they mm -hmm. never get mentioned. But also I think the most important part for me is to find those connections to be able to continue the relationships and the conversations mm -hmm. later because the content, you can learn it in many ways, but these programs are about that connection, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned Nelly because that's one of those programs that, you know, when there's a there's a restriction around that or there used to be that you had to be within your first seven years of, of librarianship. And I reached that, I remember the seventh year being like, well, I like an old maid, I guess that option's closed to me now. I can no longer be part of the cool kids club with Nellie. Um, but that's what um, Nellie felt like to me was, um, you know, being part of that group and, and having such informal, relationships and opportunities to have conversations with people. And you're right, that is such a huge part of these types of programs in library land. Yeah. All right, and Lisa. So after 20 years in librarianship, I had done a lot of the formal business administration courses and like Corey was saying, the coaching classes, Covey Institute. 
And so as a new director, I had the opportunity to go to PLL with two other directors from my organization. Then I thought it would be such a great opportunity for us to learn together and have some common language. And everyone knows um, that was part of our cohort. It was so much more than that, but I know that we were definitely in a unique opportunity, the team from HPL that we got to learn together as well, build this amazing network that we now have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting to me that um, I think it was only your group from Hamilton and Calgary that had more than one person participating. Is that right? Were there others? There was a Brampton too. Oh, that's right. Of course. Yes. Brampton. Um, but that's, you're right. It's such a great opportunity if you can afford to release people for that time and the financial commitment um, to have that team work together. I think that's such an interesting approach to doing that. Um, and I joined um, very, um, you know, I felt like I was signing my application at the dark of night, like, please don't, um, please accept me, even though I don't work in a public library. And I remember I had lunch with Wendy in advance to kind of ask permission, am I allowed to do this? Because I really wanted to. And um, so much of the work that I do is with public libraries. And so uh, I was really keen to do it. Now, I will say the biggest draw for me were the site visits, because I, I just, I love um, even just recreationally going to libraries. And for years, I've always wanted to do the Kulk European tour that they do. Um, so that was a, a huge draw for me was, was being able to go to those sites and, and learn uh, from the teams, but also see their spaces. So, um, so there you go. So we all made it through our um, 15 month commitment. So let's talk a little bit more about um, the structure of the actual program. Um, so it is 15 months. Um, for library managers, and, and in general, I think Kalk identifies that they're hoping that people who are interested in higher levels of leadership and who have been identified by, um, by their managers as the potential to, to grow into those positions, um, those are the people that they're looking to have apply. And the last count I believe I got from Kalk was that 11 members who have 11 people who have gone through the program have now become CEOs. So since graduating and even how many since, um, since we've graduated from ours have, is it, is it just one? Is there more than one? Just one. And one already was a CEO. So, I mean, you know, the numbers are good. If you're interested in, in library leadership, I think this is a really good, um, mark on the CV. Um, and what else I'll say is, is, and anybody can feel free to jump in in terms of, you know, how, what attracted you in terms of the structure, but the program itself combines really frank sessions with senior library leadership, and they design them in a way that makes it really approachable to ask questions and be candid about any obstacles that they encountered um, or what they thought that we needed to be prepared for. Um, the program's managed and facilitated by who I call libraries fairy godmothers, um, Rebecca Raven and Wendy Newman, both former CEOs of public libraries. And I think their stewardship also was a, a pretty big benefit to all of us. Anyone have any thoughts on that? Yeah, they were amazing. That was definitely one. Having, having them and getting to build a relationship with those two was definitely a highlight of the program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think they they built uh, an environment that was really safe and uh, open and and really uh, fostered that uh, real learning. 
I think the fact that so many CEOs that we visited with took a whole day or more to sit with us and talk about the topics that were presented evidence to all of us how important not only the topic was, but that time for us to be together and just to talk it out. There aren't black and white answers to the uh, topics that are covered in the PLL program. And that's why we needed days to talk them out. And that's why we need a network to support us as we work through them, whether it's in a global pandemic or building a new location. Uh, it's very interesting that I mean, we were always excited to go to the visit for several reasons. It's a program you're learning and you're seeing friends and you are uh, visiting a new city. But what struck me as very interesting is that the people hosting us always seem just as, if not more, excited than we were. And mm -hmm. that was always really nice, right? Like to, to be able to host you and to be able to spend time with you and explain and be be open and able and sometimes many times vulnerable to have the kind of conversations that you wouldn't have in any other way right because we will we will ask a lot of things and we will if they were open to always sure keep asking keep asking right keep um i keep having rebecca and when these um, voices in my head sometimes like do this don't do that <laughs> like sometimes even when remember because one of them who was the one who, who was saying you don't dress appropriately and every time i'm in the morning am i dressing appropriately today <laughs> and i know it's kind of a funny thing to remember but it's it's just that their voices are always with me when i'm doing my work and that's always i, I don't know i appreciate that that's great i like the idea of their voices being over your shoulder even if it's like hey now what are you doing don't do it that way um so let's talk a little bit about um, the places that we visited. Um, so the, the sites that we visited between 2018 and 2020, we started in Calgary. We, uh, we flew into Calgary into a snowstorm. Um, and then we came to Vaughan Public Library, off to Halifax Public Library in the spring. There was also uh, a snowstorm in Vaughan. <laughs> they followed. They either followed us or we brought them. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure the order. Um, and then we went to Washington DC, which Washington DC, which was timed alongside the ALA annual conference there. Uh, Lower mainland BC was next where we did Vancouver, Surrey and Richmond libraries. And then the last stop, the graduation uh, aligns with the super conference. So we were back at uh, Toronto Public Library to close. Um, does anyone wanna kind of talk about any of the, any highlights from those sites or uh, memories that you have? I think the biggest thing for me was just seeing the different uses of space. So when you think about Calgary, Halifax, Vancouver, we saw some of the newest, biggest, brightest libraries. And while every library had a children's space, a local history space, fiction, nonfiction, the different ways that they were set up has really helped frame some of my work as we do renovations and new branch builds and really you can't learn that in a textbook. You can't um, even, I think, in a casual visit, get the um, experience and the thinking behind why those spaces ended up looking that way without hearing the stories from the CEOs who planned it out from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the most interesting things for me, I mean, there were several, but one of them was that 
all over the country, we have for a few years now had, having the conversation of we need to change the way we work. We need to adapt to the new times, right? And the, it's easy to have the conversation, but the hard part is that, okay, but how do we actually do that? So it was really interesting to go to so many different libraries to talk about how they are implementing that change to adapt to the new realities of communities needs, right? Mm -hmm. well, how do you change stuff? How do you change spaces? How do you change um, the service? What is it that you're trying to do that is new and different? That's when we were sometimes, or I was very shocked to learn that, I don't know, maybe we have to, we're going to have a climbing wall in the children's library, or we are going to have food banks or food services inside the library. And you start taking notes, like it is, it is, Again, it is like Elisa said, it is interesting to see that in a book or an article, but it's on a completely different level of um, detail and depth when you actually go and see it in action and you get it explained to you, mm -hmm. right? How did that come to happen? How it is happening? And then experience it. It's That's the part that the side visits, without the side visits, this program would be something different, right? That mm -hmm. those side visits allow us to see that detail. So I, I was blown away by Calgary. So we were privileged enough to get uh, the new Central Library uh, tour before it opened to the public. Um, and so that was just, uh, for me, very uh, inspiring. And I keep wanting to bring that back to our little branches here. <laughs> we're just too small. Um, for me, Halifax was uh, like I almost did not get back on the plane. I wanted to. Uh, to stay, and it was because of uh, the community librarians and the community libraries that were embedded and, and really, really looked at what's important, what do we need in this community, and it really shone, like the people that were, the staff that were there, the CEO, like the pride and the, and the, uh, and the programming that's being done there, and the community and how it's a safe space, like a real safe space for community. That's, um, that's, that's my background. So. Uh, that really resonated with me uh, a lot, and uh, yeah, I um, I came home and I said to my CEO, I think um, you know if there's a position in Halifax, I might be moving. And she said, you can't survive the winters there, Marcus. <laughs> so I'm still here, but you know, if anybody's listening, Halifax. <laughs> I'm also so happy that we got to be shown around Calgary by Bill, um, their former CEO who has since passed away, but he was such a, um, such a bright light and such a, just embodied such a spirit um, of generosity to all of us, but also really just showed a certain type of leadership that I really respected and appreciated. And, and he had such faith and trust in his senior leadership team. And he has, built such an incredible team to this day uh, that's carrying on the work that he started. And so, yeah, it was really great to, to see him in action. Amanda, did you have any thoughts on the sites? I mean, they were all incredible. And, and like Marcus said, getting a chance to see the new Central Library in Calgary before it opened was definitely a treat. Um, I loved our trip to Washington. That was really incredible. Um, that was my first time attending an ALA conference. And uh, it's it's amazing um, to to you know to be at that conference and see the scale of librarianship in the United States. Like that was a really memorable experience, and and also you know getting 
getting time with with some of the librarians and the CEOs there who shared their experience, you know, renovating the Martin Luther King Jr. Um, library there. I found that really, really interesting. We, mm -hmm. we have to go back and, and see that see that space now that it's reopened. That's great. And just to clarify, this wasn't all just fancy flights and hotel bar rooms at uh, in the evening, although that was a great part. But at each of these sites, um, the way that it works is essentially we visit a site and then there was a module of work associated with it. So we're there for about three days um, and one of those days is dedicated to a module. So those modules included uh, board relations and governance, strategic planning, uh, finance, a financial module, advocacy, uh, human resources, and then collections. So we were really able to get the perspectives from senior leadership on each of those topics. And, um, and as Lisa said, the CEOs made themselves available to us. Uh, library leaders, just in general, you know, Ken Roberts and other people from library land that came out to chat with us and, um, and kind of let us plug into their brains and find out, uh, you know, all the details around each of these areas. So let's head into our top five now. So the way we're going to structure this so that it's not a five hour podcast, we're not each going to do a top five. Uh, we're each going to give our top one, the number one thing. And I've kind of left it open to each of you. If it's your favorite thing, your biggest takeaway, the, the thing that you learned that you still keep with you, um, Wendy being on your shoulder, telling you you're not dressed properly, you know, whatever it might be. Um, what is your number one? So we're going to start with Amanda. Definitely for me, the number one is, you know, the connections that I've made with library colleagues across the country. It's been so, so valuable to have a network of people to reach out to when you have a question, um, when you just need some reassurance or some guidance or just need to chat. It's been really, really um, so valuable to have to have built up those relationships. So that for me is without a doubt, the number one. Have you been in, continued to be in touch with people? I know we have a, a Facebook group where we all uh, still communicate and wish each other happy birthday, pose questions and that kind of thing. But are you finding that you're actively reaching out when you have library related questions? Absolutely. Yeah. There, I mean, there, you know, especially because you can make those connections with folks who, you know, do similar type work or have experience in an area where maybe you're still learning or building up your skills. So having, having those people to reach out to is so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm Lisa's nodding because I email her practically every other day. So <laughs> thank you, Lisa, for not putting me on mute. Um, <laughs> that's great. Thanks, Amanda. Marcus, what about you? What's your number one? So I think you're probably going to get the same answer from everybody, but it is the connection. Guys, we got to mix it up. Here. Come on. <laughs> so I'm going to give two then. So I agree uh, that the connection and the continuous connection uh, years afterwards uh, is, is invaluable. Um, for me, um, like I've always been a library lover and I always knew that libraries um, were a community and so uh, and part of a healthy community and so from seeing it from that sort of higher level and very targeted around budgeting and around why libraries need to be at a housing table, why we need to be part of funding decisions at, in our municipalities and, and how we work with municipalities, it really drove home that, uh, like that we are important. Uh, we are one of the one of the most important uh, systems and institutions in, in our society. And so it was really great to, to have that confirmed uh, in my heart and, and see it in action across Canada. 
It's funny, in a way, I'm a little bit jealous of the incoming cohort, because it will be so interesting to see how those conversations proceed now, kind of during and post COVID. And I'd be so curious of, of um, to, you know, to hear more stories of how libraries have positioned themselves in different ways throughout this, because I know all of you are doing great things with your libraries. Um, but yeah, that would be great to see and to I mean, the seeing will be more limited. So I'm not jealous about that part, they won't get to travel across the country like we did. Um, but still, those stories would be so great to share and be part of. All right, moving along to Jorge. Uh, it's, it has to be the top two because we're all going to agree that the top one is what it you is. You know what? I'm just going to say everyone was the worst. The people were the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. The top two is related. I'm going to try to explain this in a nice way. I mean, we learned many things and you mentioned at the beginning when you did your introduction, the things you don't learn in library school, but it's more specific than that. Like I was, what I really liked about this program was that you were able to see that some of those things that you don't know are, or you're not sure are possible, are possible, okay? We were shown that in many different ways across the country, different libraries are finding ways to make reality some of the conversations so far we have had only on the academic or on the wish level, right? We talk about, for example, we're saying like what Halifax is doing with food or what Calgary was doing with some of the volunteers or what um, I remember in Washington DC where I learned that they have one whole section or they organize their work in a way that they call a section of their work social justice, remember? and things like that, that you learn things that they are possible and it's possible to do it. And, and it's possible to make it happen and work on a practical level. That's what I appreciate the most. Absolutely. And you know, it's easy, I, even though I, I said that off the top, that you know, things we didn't learn in library school, and we like to say this all the time and poop all over library school. And I don't mean to do that um, because the reality is that if we had tried to learn half of these things in library school, we wouldn't have been ready for them. It, this is the kind of training that you need to take when you're at a certain point in your career because there's more context then. You understand the relationships you need to make in order to be an advocate or um, you know, the challenges that you're gonna face in terms of human resources and, and why those skills are so crucial. So. Um, I, you know, I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge is um, that we were all at a certain point in our careers and, and, you know, Lisa, you mentioned we're 20 years in, but that's the, to me, that's the best place to be, to have that solid experience. Um, Cause I think, you know, if you were any, any fresher as a library person, um, it might not have as much impact. All right. So after, yeah. after 20 years in, uh, definitely the network was the, the best thing. The, uh, the thing though that I'll talk about is um, sort of what Marcus alluded to, and I guess Hori too a bit, Halifax stole our hearts uh, in so many ways. And I don't think since I left Halifax, there has been a, a day that I haven't thought about something that I learned in Halifax. Mm -hmm. I learned how to turn a movie theater into a public library. I learned about sorter options that we are actively working on right now. We saw a living room in a library Many of us have spaces in our libraries called living rooms, but we actually saw in Halifax how that living room can work. We talked about food, we talked about outdoor spaces, and my work has completely uh, shifted because of what I saw in Halifax. And every single day, no exaggeration, a minimum of once a day, I say the word 
Halifax Public Library, coincidentally the other HPL. I'm sure <laughs> Halifax loves when I say that. Um, it, it has changed the way that I work and to echo what Hori said, made me know that what I am thinking about doing is completely possible because they are doing it every single day. And as you said, um, Michelle, jokingly, that you contact me every other day, I'm contacting or one of her numerous colleagues who she's connected me with almost every other day with questions. And we're all doing the same work because we're all passionate about libraries. We don't need to be reinventing the wheel. Um, if Halifax wasn't so far away, I'd be going every day to visit and say, okay, how, how is this shelf supposed to go now with the hold system? But um, luckily we've got these connections to be able to make, um, to make those um, things possible where we're working. Absolutely. Lisa, maybe you and I can suffer the uh, winters there and just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Amanda can teach us how for to shovel sure. more. Um, just to stay on the snow theme for one more reason, I think we'd be amiss by not uh, mentioning the snowstorm in Vaughan and how uh, Jorge learned about the tongue and the flagpole uh, and the snow uh, at Vaughan too. So another important part of PLL. Yeah, I have pictures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... Notes. For me, it was also, and this is more a personal level, it, I became a citizen during this program. That's right. Right? Oh. And so being traveling around the country while becoming a citizen and having your peers in this program trying to um, abuse you in ways that you wouldn't imagine <laughs> was also a great experience, yeah. <laughs> with love, though. <laughs> abuse you with respect. love, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with all of you. Of course, the people have my heart. Everyone in this program was uh, amazing and so great to work with. Um, and, you know, it's not just Lisa. I've reached out to almost everyone to including, you know, the four of you today. Um, and I so appreciate those connections and the way everyone is just so willing and generous. You know, I think that's not uncommon in library land, but it's just so great Um to have that personal connection with everyone and, and to know that the idea of this whole thing is to carry that on and to, you know, we know that other three cohorts are doing the same thing, that they're they're chatting with each other and carrying on that um, those relationships. But the thing that um, struck me the most and that I kind of carry with me is just the realization that the most successful organizations that I was able to see are the ones that are really encouraging ongoing learning and experimentation among their staff um, at all levels, not just at, um, at the leadership or the management levels. And then encouraging new staff and frontline positions to test out new ways of working. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, Calgary, where they did so much experimentation with small markets before they um, launched it to, you know, the, the big, the, the central library or to, to bigger systems. Um, but also Halifax and what you were doing with your holds process. And um, was it Six Sigma that you were applying out there? Some kind of business training that they had gone through and they were applying the principles of to, to various uh, systems that they were testing out and trying to make more efficient. And it's just, it's the whole, that whole way of thinking and the way of encouraging that among the whole staff, it just changes the whole culture and it makes everyone so much um, 
not just excited to to learn new things and participate, but to be part of the library system. And it's not like a, oh, I gotta go to work today, and oh, there's gonna be so many more holds. And you know, I think I feel like everyone has a little bit of a stake in the game, and and you can really feel that going into those systems that they're they're that much more involved in it. So yeah. The other thing I would like to know is among those modules that I was just talking about, among those six modules, were there any that um, that really stood out to you or that you felt were really important for you to know coming out of the program? Was there any that you felt maybe you didn't have a good grasp of before? I think the um, one that hit me the hardest, and I know that you might see a trend here, was the one in Vaughan where we talked about those municipal relationships and the conversations that we had with the senior leadership team there and the folks from the uh, town of Vaughan or the city of Vaughan who joined us, just it was so important to hear about all the back and forth, all the time invested, how decisions were made, how decisions changed, how decisions were negotiated. Sometimes when you get involved in all those back and forth conversations with all the people that you're trying to work with, you sometimes feel like, oh, there has to be an easier way. Can't we streamline this? And not just at Vaughn, but all the CEOs reminded us that making those relationships is a lot of conversations. And sometimes it's going for lunch when we can safely go for lunch again. And sometimes it is literally just sitting around the table for a long time to get to where we need to get to, especially when you're talking about something big like building a new location. I think for me, the the advocacy sessions, the, the module that we did in Washington, D.C., I thought that was really fantastic because in addition to our instructional session, we also had guests from every library and uh, it was just really, it really opened up my, my mind quite a bit on ways of thinking about how we frame the work that we do and how we should be sort of, you know, sharing our stories with the public and how powerful those can be to get to get public support. And I know that the, the picture in the US and in, the, and in Canada can be quite different in terms of, of how we, we get support from the public, but it, it just, it really opened up my eyes quite a bit in, into how, how we can advocate for libraries and, and the important work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, for me, it was the um, finance. <laughs> the I'm finance, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm a bit of a numbers person and, and it's a puzzle. And, I just like the way that um, the CEO presented uh, that session in terms of, it, you know, it's not just numbers and putting the numbers and guessing the numbers. It really is going back into that municipal government and sitting down and talking and 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 realizing that of course we're you know we're fighting against um, fire and other important uh, organizations that make our community healthy and safe as well. Um, but just that advocacy at that level really interests me um, and then just adding those numbers um, mm -hmm. as well to make sure that uh, you know for the next year or the next whatever you plan uh, you know your staff are going to be well and your programs will continue and your facilities are good and um, yeah that was really interesting for me but although it's funny, a numbers guy it's funny because I am not a numbers person uh, so I was a little bit, um, as much as I wanted to go to Halifax, I was like, oh, I gotta talk about finances, come on. But I'll, I'll admit, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what that meant. I mean, does it mean actually figuring out how to budget? Because isn't that what spreadsheets are for? I mean, um, I, I wasn't as, I didn't really understand what the module was gonna be about, but you're right. The way that OSA in Halifax took us through that financial module, that was a, a big highlight for me was, 
was thinking about all of those various parts and how you make a, uh, the finances work. So yeah, agreed. Since all of you already mentioned my, my favorite ones, I'm going to mention a theme I found on all of them. Um, mm -hmm. That's at almost every session, we fell into the fact that no matter what it is that you're doing, uh, I mean, governance or budgets or, or collection, it always fell to the human part of how you treat relationship building so you can make things happen, right? That's what happened with um, budgets. That's what happened with collections. That's what happened with advocacy. That's what happened. It was always about how do you talk to people? How often do you talk to people? Where do you talk to people? And it was all about that, right? That, and it, I mean, of course it comes in a slightly different way depending on what you're talking about, but it's keeping that in mind and how you shape every conversation depending on the topic you're having, yeah. So the reason we're timing this podcast uh, when we are is because Kalk is opening up um, applications to their next cohort, the 21-22 cohort, and they're taking applications um, now until the middle of August. So if you're interested, I would encourage you to go to plleaders.ca, or if you go to the Kalk website, you can find information there. And so I'm curious, would any of you have any um, words for applicants of the next program, words of encouragement or any advice you would give them? I think even though travel may be a little bit limited in this next cohort, every cohort has like an overlying theme too that just organically happens because of what's going on. And to be able to be part of the post-pandemic cohort, I think will be invaluable for lifelong leadership at any level in a public library. Our cohort's theme was intellectual freedom. And I think a lot of the challenges that many of us were working through uh, 2018 to 2020 would not have been um, doable without the support of each other as we work through a lot of different pieces on intellectual freedoms at that time. And it's an invaluable process. It is really a small investment of time for a lifelong connection. I would like to say something that I'm going to try to say it in the nicest possible ways so it doesn't sound like a criticism because it's not, okay? <laughs> but the, this program is very clear about what it offers. Right? We, you're going, we are going to learn about the specific topics that are important for leadership. Um, but it is also true that it doesn't include some of the topics that seem urgent on, or important at this time um, in, in, in structurally. And one example specifically is, for example, how do we treat anti-racism from a leadership level, right? There is no module on anti-racism. We're not going to find that. Mm -hmm. So what I would say in terms of encouraging is it's we have to be realistic. There are things that we have to learn, right? The, about budgets or governance or relationships. And there are things that even when they're not included in the, in the uh, formal structural part of the program yet are part of the conversations that we were having uh, informally, right? Over lunch or over breaks or, and that, I think that part is important to recognize. The second part I would like to say is that I would encourage especially people from other underrepresented communities to apply for this program, right? It is like most of library world, like on, uh, it's not very well represented in terms of diversity. And, and we would like to see more people who are part of that, right? Yeah, I would uh, second that, Jorge, for sure. I, uh, I would encourage um, our library system CEOs or whoever directors to, uh, to take a look at who you're inviting to the to the program and who you want 
to go. I think it's a really important uh, uh, in today's world that we need to uh, do some intentional anti-racism work. Um, but yeah, it is it is an opportunity to learn uh, and advance and um, and really develop some skills that in friendships forever. Yeah, I would I would strongly encourage anyone who's interested to apply. Um, you know that feeling you get when you go to a library conference and you get just really inspired and enthusiastic and just really invigorated about the field and the work that we do. It, it's like that, but you get to do it six times. You know, each session is like a, it gives you a real burst of energy about what's possible, and you know, you just you feel really aligned with with the profession and with the with your colleagues who are doing the same work as you and. It, it's a really powerful experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would say the only advice I would give, um, you know, it, I think it's really hard, especially all of the levels that all of us are at, to go into something like this and completely unplug and and take that time away from work. Um, but I think it's really important. And I, I think it will be difficult if, uh, if we're still mostly virtual because, you know, you still have your kids coming home from school and, um, you know, people from work still, you know, trying to buzz you and get you to attend meetings, but it's such an important uh, thing to unplug and to really focus and also to take the time to, you know, go out for dinner with everybody, have that drink at the end of the day, um, you know, take the opportunity while you can to, to build those relationships and those, and those friendships, because the downtimes are just important as the in-class times. Well, thank you so much, all of you, for all of your time today. All of you taking this time out of your busy schedules, I know you're all involved in some really intense work right now. And so I appreciate from coast to coast, all of you coming and joining us today. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much to my friends and colleagues and co-PLLers, Lisa, Amanda, Jorge, and Marcus. I so appreciate them all being here today. We hope that you enjoyed this chapter of Libraryland Loves. Please consult the show notes for our contact information. And if you have nice things to say, please think about leaving us a review. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you soon.